0: i love
1: scotch i love scotch scotchy scotch scotch here it goes down down into my belly Mm-mm-mm. Are you annoyingly even keel? e could be right for you. I have a disease, all right. I need help. e lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth.
0: Oh yeah!
1: Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my God! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being. Or have an extreme depression. Ah, oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding, in folks around you whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increase in amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges.
3: Oh my! Hey. Signaturedhorror.com. That's right, signaturehorror.com.
2: This is DeAndra Laser, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Be Nancy!
3: It's your least favorite host in a podcast world, from croc, Jonathan Steele.
0: And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isle.
3: Boy, do we have a good one for you today.
0: This next guest inspired me so much when I embraced my love of the horror genre. One aspect in particular that stood out to me and still stands out to me was her love and passion for certain characters, Nancy Thompson in particular. This guest may have helped others express their cosplay goals with her dedication. Since then, she has made her mark in the community and has branched out into some acting, fellow hosting on her radio podcast, Elm Street Radio, and wowed a whole new fandom with her resemblance to Lana Perea. She is currently making a mark on the TikTok world and gaining influencer status for her amazing Regina videos, as well as inspiring others with her uplifting real-life videos. This guest, I am lucky to call my friend, Deandre Laser.
3: Yay.
2: Oh, Elena, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs>
3: and let's not forget, which was a couple months ago, I'm sure at this point, we also, I at least got to put over the pumpkin suit she wore.
0: <laughs> David Pumpkins?
3: Yes.
2: Oh man, I wanted to do that since I first saw that video when it came out, and I think it was 2016. I was like, David S. Pumpkins? That's hilarious. And then I went into Spirit Halloween and they had the costume. And I was like, yes, I have to do this costume because that's, that was so funny. I like being guys for Halloween for whatever reason. I'm like, typically, usually a guy, probably because they, it can be a character. I mean, not that girls can't be characters. There's just a lot of really goofy characters. Like I've been Jay and Silent Bob. Well, Jay, or no, Silent Bob, Uh, Wayne, Wayne's World. Um, Yeah, David Pumpkins. And I love Halloween. I wish I missed Halloween this year, like going places and doing stuff. That's always so much fun. I love getting dressed up for Halloween, but that's why we have cosplay, but we still can't show it off anywhere but the internet. So work with what you got.
3: Yeah, there you go. Definitely had to put that over because when I saw those pictures, I'm like, sweet. And I didn't even realize it was a character. It was just like, that is just badass the way she did that.
0: Oh, thanks. You, you, you have to see the video, Jonathan. It's I, actually Tom Hanks.
3: I will definitely look that up when we are done. Oh my done.
2: gosh, wait a second. You haven't seen David Pumpkins? <gasps> I will never forget where I was when I saw David Pumpkins. I was on a work trip in Las Vegas and it popped up on my facebook and i was like what's this and i must have watched it 10 times it's so (laughs) funny it's so funny i watch it all the time it's great yeah you gotta watch it after this you gotta let us know what you think
3: it's not one of those i'm gonna freak out like uh two girls in a cup right i'll actually be entertained by this right i'll be actually entertained
2: yeah it's saturday night live so it's funny they're they're picking on um like of like a haunted house Except instead of being scary, it's like this goofy guy named David Pumpkins. So
3: I gotta think since you said it's Saturday Night Live, is it something like and I'll phrase I got I wanna phrase this lightly, not to be totally a dick. Is it like a gift in a box, let's just say? That type of it's not it's
2: not it's not crude. There's nothing sexual about it. It's no I mean, there's dancing with his, okay. he's got, like, him and these two skeletons. So no, it's not it's not like that.
3: We will check that out and I will make a comment post episode with this for sure. But anyway, let's go back to you. <laughs> let's go positive, you know. How are you with other than no shows this year with no con and all that for obvious reasons?
2: Um it it has been 2020 was so interesting because I, um, like in the very beginning, I mean, you never expect something like this to happen. You always think that it's in the movies, the whole world's not going to shut down. Like we're such an advanced society where things are going to be okay. And then they weren't okay. And I, um, one of my biggest fears is the apocalypse. And, you know, life not being the same. And so the, the whole year in its own way has almost been like an apocalypse. And it's been like living in a nightmare, which has been stressful. But somehow I made my way. I, I lost most creativity elsewhere. And I keep telling myself that I didn't really do anything in 2020 when in reality, like Elena said, like, I did a lot of TikTok. And I don't know how that really, I just... I guess I wanted to try it out because I was a, I'm a huge fan of Vine. Like I spend a lot of time still watching old Vine videos, which in my humble opinion, it's still far superior when it comes to humor, but, um, I, I wanted to try it out and I tried horror at first and it did okay. And then I thought, um, I was creating a video for a friend she was doing once upon a time as told by kids. And I was dressed as Regina and I thought, well, people are doing like, they're just lip It's not really lip syncing, I guess it is. It's not singing, but it was to a scene. And I decided to duet her, which is she made the video, and then I do it directly beside her. And it ended up doing really well. And then I did a couple of other Regina videos, and they did so well. And I said, okay, this is the thing that this particular audience really likes. And then I just started to continue to do Regina videos. Uh, I squeeze in horror every so often, but it's nothing. It gets no traction compared to what the Regina videos do. And... I finally got to cross something off my bucket list, which is getting a viral video, which I was so happy about, which is, it's like the dumbest video. It's just me. It's like three seconds and it's just a kid going, hey mom, but I have it marked as Henry, her son, drop your weapon. And then I like booty bounce, like drop the weapon. And then he goes, <laughs> ew mom, that's it. That's all the video is. And somehow TikTok loves it. It's so dumb. And then I got another one that I got to over a million and it was me talking about when I worked in Disney and how I got away with saying sugar, honey, iced tea, because I didn't realize it at the time that S H I T. I mean, it spells shit. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and somehow that did pretty well, but other videos I've done, have they've done very well, but um, yeah, those were the two that got over a million and so I spent a lot of time, I mean, it takes a lot of time to make those TikTok videos, cause you have to um, time it, bring it up to a certain point, make sure you look okay, getting into costume. Cause you know, most of the pandemic we're just like pajamas, nothing. That one, I got to straighten my hair. I got to put in my contacts. I got to put makeup on, clothes and then set up the stage and they take a while but yeah I spent a lot of time in 2020 on TikTok and then I just kind of faded out at the end of the year I haven't really done much since but I gotta I gotta get back on because that stuff is fun even it's just fun to watch what, what people come up with
3: exactly like you said it's just a minute and you notice as well with uh doing the Elm Street radio and such too it's so minute is this in the right spot is do I have this here? You know what I mean? Just making sure people think you just jump on and record, but it's, you know.
2: Yeah, there's just little things that you notice. Um, I know that I've sent videos to people that are very similar, but I notice the subtle differences. I've had people send me videos. And sometimes just the way that it's shot or your face looks, I think it makes a world of difference, or the music that you use, or how you, you know, look a certain way when you deliver a line. Um, it really does make a huge difference, and I don't know if people always catch that. And there might be some people who are like a one and done kind of person, but I've I've seen so many posts from. I saw one from Catherine Newton, who's from Freaky. And she was like, I spent all day making this one TikTok video, like all day. I mean, that's really what it is. You just spend all day. And some people do like outfit changes. They do makeup changes. Those take such a long time. So those can take all day. And for like a minute long content at most, it's pretty amazing what people put into it.
3: Well, I'll let Elena take over for here in a second. But it's funny because it, I almost, even with this, it will be like what you hear editing a movie where okay we have our production notes you need to put together most of them so shows kind of written out in one way then it's actually doing it and at this point as long as i've been doing this i find myself editing in my head and making sure then it's post-production and then making sure everything fits and is presentable so it's like you're doing it three times per episode.
2: Yeah. And even when you plan it, I mean, it just can go totally different mm-hmm. when you're doing a podcast or anything. I mean, one thing you might think might be good or a question you want to ask, but then the conversation goes in it's, one direction. You're like, I'm just going to take it here. Yeah,
3: yeah. It all depends on who you're dealing with. But Elena, go ahead. I know you had some stuff.
2: Sure. Okay,
0: Deandra, um, first uh, question I really want to ask is, can you tell me about your horror
2: journey? Yeah, so from like the very beginning, like when I got into horror kind of thing.
0: Whatever you feel comfortable talking about, like for the people who don't really know you. Yeah.
2: Um, So I didn't really grow up a horror fan, but it's weird to kind of say that because I guess thinking more about it, I kind of did. I was a horror fan. I was just afraid of a lot of things. And I wasn't really allowed to watch anything that was above PG. Even Matilda was off limits to me and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I, but my cousin had the universal monster movies that he left over my grandma's house, the VHS tapes. And I would watch the Wolfman and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman all the time. And then Dracula, even though that one terrified me. And then I have um, loved, the only books that I would ever take out from the school library were R.L. Stein's books. And the only books that I really wanted to buy, I actually saw Jaws on TV and it terrified me, but I was fascinated. So then I got really into sharks and I have shark books. And um, being born in October, I was always really close to Halloween. And so I remember having a couple, a lot of Halloween parties and I just always loved Halloween and dressing up and, um, Then when I got older, I had a dream that Freddie was after me. I mean, like a normal dream. And I woke up and was like, that Fred guy, he seems pretty cool. And got home because we were on a family little like weekend getaway and just went to the video store and rented Freddie's Dead and was like, I really like this. I'm going to watch the rest. And then it was history from there just... um, watching all the movies, getting on a message board with nightmare elmstreetfilms.com, interacting with a group of people. I just remember it being summertime. And that's when YouTube had just come out. And I was watching just like all the different YouTube videos, listening to enter Sandman and like freddy themed songs and it being hot up in the office that my parents had. And just talking with everybody about a nightmare on Elm Street and even now when, when summer comes around and I, I watch Freddy's Dead because it just brings me back to that very beginning. And then loving Nancy um, when I first saw the first movie because I was a girl in Ohio and since I watched Freddy's Dead first, and then I saw The Palm Trees when I watched part one, I was like, oh, it's already in Ohio. Forget about that. It's in Ohio. So to have a Midwestern girl who was kind of quiet because I was more quiet at the time and have big brown poofy hair and who was pretty strong. She was somebody that I wanted to be like, but I also identified with. And I just thought, you know what, I want to be Nancy for Halloween. And my parents said, nobody's going to know who you are. I said, I don't care. I know who I am. So I printed out a little collage with Nancy's pictures all on it because I knew I would get questions. And when people would ask me, I would just whip it out and show them, except for a couple people at school. Somebody was like, oh, you're that girl from A Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, how? They said, oh, it was on TV last night. I said, "Okay, that's (laughs) fine. But still, you recognized? Good job. And it was such a basic costume that year. I didn't even draw the flowers on it yet. And but I was just so excited to do that. Then I just started to take pictures like with a camera where you had to time it and make sure that it could. It was like looking at you before we ever had the selfies so you can see what it looked like and then time it when you have that. No, it was like, oh, my arm's over here. It's not even looking at me. And I just uploaded stuff to DeviantArt and my friend Stephen was like, you should just keep doing this. So I think I was Nancy the following year again. And then I just joined Facebook and started sharing things. I went on as Nancy Thompson. Then I went under a pseudonym. Um, because I didn't want people to know my real name because I was scared, but it was so cool getting people to like connect with me over horror because I didn't at the time know anybody who was into horror. My cousin, he liked it, but I didn't know how well he liked it. All these years later, I find out he's still a huge horror fan. He has a universal monsters collection. That's pretty sweet. And so I don't feel as alone in my family, Um, but it was wild that people knew how to spell Heather Langenkamp. I was like, wow, these people really like this movie. And I, um, just to be able to meet everybody over the years and make friends from all over the world. And I kept that part of my life quiet for so long because I was worried people would judge me. And then I just kind of came into my own within the last several years of saying... You know, this is me. This is who I am. This is so unique. Not that many people have this, not that many people know about horror. And it's, it's been, it's been a journey. I never would have thought setting out in my bedroom, taking pictures that I would ever be asked by Fangoria to be in their magazine. But that's like, Holy crap. That's so big for me. And that was like the, the pinnacle, like where do you go from there? And then being able to be in a, a, um, a fan film that entertains people, that was a lot of fun. And to have Heather be involved in that. I mean, it was like everything, everything I could have possibly done with that cosplay I was able to do. And that's why Nancy will always be a huge part of my life. I mean, she literally changed my life. She's the reason I have my career, the reason I made the choice to live where I do now, just everything all comes back to Nancy Thompson. And you know, Elena, like, you know. I know. It's a Nancy day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I'm literally like the equivalent of you in Ireland. It's like you own America. I'm like the one person in Ireland who like loves Nancy and all that stuff. So yeah, you kind of answered my other question because I was really going to be like, why Nancy? And what brought you, you know, to her? But you literally went on the whole thing. I took the journey. (laughs) Yeah, took the journey. (laughs) Yes, Yes. But um, yeah, Jonathan wanted to chirp in and say something.
3: Yeah, with that, it seems like, if I heard this correctly, DeAndra, that you actually grew up in a conservative family. But also, when you uh, were answering answering that question there, it seems like when you you were talking about finding your confidence in yourself, the cosplay, not only did you find the confidence as the characters you presented in cosplay and whatever, but also confidence in yourself. And I mean this respectfully as you matured into a woman and whatever angle you want to take that, but it just seems like it helped bring you as a whole to know who you were. Am I right on that?
2: Yeah. And it's, it's wild because when you think about cosplay, you're essentially being somebody else and I spent so much time really pushing the Nancy content because that's what I was known for. That was the niche. That's what people cared about. That's why people followed me and did all that stuff. And I just love Nancy Thompson so much. It was literally all I thought about. I would be in the back of my college classes on my phone, like, like okay, yes, it's great to learn about other cultures. And I'd be like, Nancy Thompson pictures. <laughs> spent so much time um just in the world of nancy thompson but i think and and i i kind of got a little lost in there of wanting to become like nancy so much that i just i mean who deandre really was got a little bit cloudy and um but it, it did take a while but it also that passion helped me to have the courage to choose things in my life because I came from a smaller town and my parents were conservative. They were like, DeAndre, go be a lawyer, go be a doctor. And I wanted to be a lawyer. I was pretty darn good. That was my minor was political science because I wanted to go into law, but I didn't want my major to be in political science because a lot of people's was. So I did communication and I just heard read somewhere. Somebody said, what you do when you're procrastinating is what you should be doing for the rest of your life. And I was like, basically social media and everything related to that. So that's what caused me to change my career path. And I saw what people were doing and were able to do. And I, it opened my eyes to a world that I would have never thought possible were it not for the internet, were it not for doing all of this. And I worked, I was so proud and Felt so welcomed by everybody in the horror community that I just really fought for it. I, I stood up to my friends and to my parents and said, Hey, you know what? This is possible. This is real. These are my friends. And they, you know, as, as sometimes older generations might say, uh, at least uh, people who don't have a lot of exposure to the internet, they would say, These, Those aren't your real friends. You don't really know them. But I, I had these amazing experiences that people in my hometown didn't. And it, it broadened my horizons and, and being able to see everything that I've done over the years, it's so cool. Somebody actually, I was talking to somebody about going through my 20s and almost being 30 and spending the last two years of my 20s basically in the middle of a pandemic in my house like not what I pictured. And they were saying, I wish I'd have done more when I was younger in my twenties. I was like, me too. They're like, you have done a lot. And I thought about it and went, Holy crap. Like all that stuff happened in my twenties. And that's amazing to me. And it just, just constantly fighting for it and, and working to um, be proud of being a horror fan and owning that this is really me. Like, I'm not going to be, I have two Facebook profiles right now. One is, basically just to keep in contact with family and some people from high school, but I'm never on it. I just have it because they are there. But then I have the horror one, which is really me. And I tried to keep those two separate for such a long time. And I was like, this is exhausting. This isn't me. Like this other person is me. I am this person that I've been trying to hide from the world and hearing people talk, seeing, seeing so many women open up about being horror fans, seeing people just show and live their truth as a horror fan really inspired me to say this is me i'm not going to try to be anybody else anymore and i love myself for who i am and i stopped pretending to be this blase vanilla person and just started embracing the world of horror. And it has been extremely liberating. And it it all that fighting, all of that internal turmoil of just trying to figure out who I am and what I'm comfortable sharing with the world, it really did make me a lot more confident in my in myself. It really did change me.
3: Now and I'll let Elena take back over in a second, but another thing that clicks in my head here. Embracing yourself, and I mean this with all respect, that you are a very attractive woman, young lady, and there's that fine line, especially in the world that we live in currently, pandemic aside, of a PC culture, obviously there's an embrace that you do with the horror, but there's a little fine line of, uh, I guess you would say, sexuality too that attracts to images, if that makes sense. Can you describe that offending anybody, but also staying true to who you are?
2: Do you mean like, um, I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, because I, I think I might know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I thought about this a lot about like being a horror fan, creating content online and being, um, I guess not, pushing the sexuality element is that what you're talking about i guess you
3: could say that because like i said it's a fine line it's you don't want to seem like you're oh look at me look at me drawing attention on one side but i think you know what you worded it was pretty good
2: yeah um there's one thing about the horror world is that in all our horror movies i mean sexuality is such a huge part both in symbolism and in basically on screen. It's just a bunch of boobs, lots of boobs and butts. And uh, a lot of female horror fans do embrace that. And I gotta be honest for a while, I thought, um, you know, that, that's such an easy way to get attention. It's such an easy way to get people to like you. And, I bought into the stigma because I was still getting over my Catholic and upbringing. Um, I'm just saying, you know what, these women are beautiful. They're, they're getting attention, however they want. They're making money off of it. I mean, good for them. And it's been so empowering to watch them embrace their sexuality because there has been a lot more content over the last several months that I've created that has been a little more on the PG 13 side um, or maybe even ri don't, I don't know if it counts as that, but a little bit more with that sexuality and horror has never really been PC. It's basically been pretty raw. A lot of people have criticized it over the years. And I, I just think that almost anarchy, that embracing of the true human spirit, which, you know, we all have bad parts. We, and in social media, people show a lot of the good, but we all have a little nasty. We all have a little Freddie in us. And at the same time, we also have a little bit of Tina. There's that sexuality, there's, you know, it's nature. I actually watched a documentary today on Hulu. I watched it so fast on OnlyFans and being an OnlyFans creator. And it was just so fascinating. I mean, these people bring in like $20,000 a month. Man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, bravo. I guess I'm just not comfortable doing that myself, but I love the art that people do create with their bodies. And I've thought about creating more of it myself. I think it's a huge part of horror. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just not a lot of the underpants stuff. Isn't just, it's just not me, but that doesn't mean that I don't love seeing it. Like I have posted sexier photos for the fellow women because like there'll be some guy comments, but most of the comments I see are just a bunch of really attractive women being like, yes, girl. And I'm like, yes, girl, yes. And it's such a a, um, a strong community of women embracing being a woman and us accepting ourselves for who we are and it's empowering. And um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. I've gone on my own journey, but I think sexuality is is pretty empowering and I think women are really owning it.
3: And that's the thing I was, I think you just said it ding, 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 and, and owning it. And at least from women I know, confident women in all aspects, it really seems to hit them in their later 20s into their 30s, if that makes sense. That when you've, whether it's sexually or your beauty or your personality or whatever angle you want to take, that air of arrogance, not arrogance, but confidence. This is who I am. You hit it on the head that you can embrace everything.
2: Yeah. I like to try to be, I like to try to think of myself as wanting to be like an Elvira, wanting to be funny, but also to be able to be uh, sexy in a way because, and I think humor is so sexy. Like, somebody who can make me laugh I'm like how's it going I mean that's like a big thing for me but I love Elvira I love all the women of the horror world and all the all our gothic goddesses but Elvira is hands down my favorite I just love her she's so silly but so beautiful and she just embraces it and that's just the kind of person that I am that I want to be but I love seeing women embrace their sexuality because I think and a lot of uh, a lot of I think horror fans are pretty progressive um I think there are a lot of and and other fandoms like um there's a lot of of comic book women a co- comic book fans who are women who embrace their sexuality like jessica nigri yaya han to a certain extent they're all cosplayers and um I, I just think that horror has always been about the outsider and embracing what other people won't talk about and actually you know, saying we are sexual creatures, this is a part of horror, this is a part of us. Um, And I think it's very empowering. And it's, it's really nice to see. And yeah, there might be some weird people out there. But for the most part, I think people have been really accepting and encouraging, and they're sharing each other's photos. And it's just really nice. It's just a very, there, there, I mean, there are problems in the horror community. But overall, I think everybody's pretty accepting. And it's really cool to see that.
3: And I think Elena can testify to this as she takes over again, that being a Philly guy, I got a good bullshit sniffer. And that's one of the things I, but just the whole body and picture. I knew from jump that, wow, I like Deandre because she knows who she is, the confidence and everything you said there. And I would know, I could tell who's real, who's not. And I definitely always found you to be real.
2: Well, that means a lot to me. I know that I don't show all of all of the things that I go through on social and of course everything staged to make it look good because you I mean you really are creating art in your own way. I mean there's some authenticity in there, but there, there is a lot of art that goes into creating photos and stuff. Like, I've always just tried to be myself because I honestly don't really know how to be anybody else. <laughs> I don't know how people can like live life. I was just saying this the other day. Like when you watch movies, will. I was watching private parts, for example. And when when Howard's wife, Beth, finds the wet underpants under the seat and she's so calm and she goes to dinner with him and then she just is kind of sitting there and then she just brings him out. Heck Yeah. Heck yeah, yes, yes. But she brings out the underpants and is so calm. Like me, I'd be like, I would not be able to stand all day. I would immediately get in the house and be like, the fuck are these? Like my God. So I, I am always, and even like watching Dexter and Dexter sitting there going, oh yes, yes. But in his brain, he's like, you're such an idiot. I don't know how people can like contain it. I just... I just have to be super honest and I'm glad people can see that. Hopefully everybody does. I'm sure some people are like that. Deandre is so thick, but (laughs) I I think that (laughs) that's how they all sound. But I I'm, I'm really glad because I, I want other people to be, to embrace themselves because I know the journey that I had to go through. And I just try to encourage them to, to, to be happy with who they are. And that they are special. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, millennials, you all think you're so special. But like, everybody's so freaking special. Everybody is super unique. Everybody's unique. Even twins are unique. So, you know, be proud of it. Don't let anybody tell you what who you are, what you can do with your life. I mean, basically, my whole life is just me kind of being an anarchist um, against my parents, against the status quo. I just, uh, the whole horror world has opened my eyes to what's possible out there. And it's it's not the norm. The norm is there. But... There's so much more to this world. As far as we know, we only got one life to live, so we—I might as well just make the most of it.
3: Well, I wouldn't put anything in a public record like this that I wouldn't say to you privately. And I appreciate and could tell you're being yourself, Elena.
0: I'm just gonna say, like, I, I must know you way too well, DeAndre, because you've literally nearly answered like all my questions, which oh, you're like a
2: bench, I'm sorry. Just, like,
0: talking <laughs> along. But yeah, no, it's fine. I just wanna chirp in and say that I've always thought you were a really good person. And from what you were saying, that um you influence people. And that was my journey because you were like one of the few first people I found online when I was trying to like you know, embrace my horror stuff. And I was like, there's another person who like who liked this stuff. Because I'm not joking when I say in Ireland, I couldn't find a single other person who had the same passion and knew the characters and knew the actors and had all that stuff. So yeah, I can say thank you to that in that, in that aspect and even to be friends online, but also to have met you in person and know that it's kind of, it's the same from talking online to then meeting the person. And it, it wasn't anything different. So it was just,
2: Yeah, that's awesome because I always, um, it's so nice to meet internet friends and I've heard stories about people meeting others that they've known online and they're just not the same. Like they'll smile for the camera, but they're not, they're not very nice. And I, I don't understand that. Um, But you know, Elena, you're, you're one of my favorite people that I've ever come across because you are so genuine. I mean, first of all, I mean, we've got the Nancy Thompson is, which is, you know, that's just super great because Nancy is the best, but you're just such a genuine person and you've always been, and I have seen you gain your confidence as well. Um, And it's just really nice to see you come into your own and do all these projects and everything, because you care a lot about other people. And um, I know it can't be easy to be, because at least in the United States, I mean, we have a lot of conventions, we have a lot of stuff where we can meet other people, but to be in a, in a country that's not here and not have that kind of culture, I can't even imagine. I mean, at least I was able to find it here, but thank goodness for the internet. Am I on the internet? Um, but you've just always been such a, such a kind heart and you've always been so thoughtful. And I just think that there needs to be a lot more people in the world like you.
0: I'm going to cry. <laughs>
3: So let me, I'm going to, I'm going to put Elena on a spot a little bit here. And DeAndra, since you've known her probably a little longer than me, maybe you can answer this because like you said, Elena does care about folks. Do you notice if she's like a mama bear to other people as well? Because she does have this, she will say privately to me, is this good? Is that good? Don't look at this. Don't look at that. Don't go that direction. Do you find that, caring side of her and mama bear side. Oh yeah. As well as I do. Yeah.
2: I think Elena is willing to talk to anybody who needs it. And I think a lot of people who have probably struggled a lot have that empathy, but not everybody, but that's why it's so special is because, um, you know, some people take the good route and some people take the bad route and Elena definitely, um, has a good head on her shoulders, thinks a lot about other people and is there to listen and offer advice, um, which is is really good because I, I don't think everybody's like that. Everybody's not like that, actually. I don't think it. I know it everybody's like that. But yeah, she definitely, um, she definitely has that very calming, very kind personality. And I think um, over the years I've seen her really just stand her ground a lot. Um, and you know it's basically I have this necklace that says do no harm but take no shit. And I've I've seen that a lot in Elena.
0: Okay. This is not my interview. <laughs> I'm going to like, cry again. <laughs> okay. Um, trying to like skim down these questions now because like DeAndra, you know, answered them all.
2: I ruined uh, Elena. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry.
0: um okay see i was gonna switch it up now but jonathan do you have any more questions uh, about the the horror genre actually i unless you did already answer this and forgive me if you have but has your views on horror changed as you've got older
2: um i think i i accept it more because i think in the very beginning i was a little hesitant because there was the idea of you know, horror fans, what are they? Are they good people? Is it nice? It's not necessarily like a like a comic book genre. It's not like a rom-com fan. Like we're like <laughs> horror genre. Like freddy Krueger is a child killer and partially a child molester. I mean, everybody has their opinions out there, but that's what was intended. So, you know, it's out there. Um it, it's not um
0: No, I mean like from being like a teenager and now as
2: your age. Oh, I don't know same i've just been like these people like what i do and uh like what i like and everybody's been pretty cool and i i find that um you know one thing though i will say is that i have a, a appreciation for modern horror that i don't think that i did uh, a while ago i would always be like modern horror is nothing compared to the these but i've watched a lot of modern horror but like modern horror is great Everybody's like, horror's dead. And I'm like, when, when did it die? <laughs> like I, I, all these decades, there's been so many great horror movies. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I think, I think overall, my appreciation for horror has been less with rose colored glasses and love for the eighties and a little bit more about the, the genre itself and what it offers. If that answers your question.
0: It does and uh, I just have one more nightmare question and then Jonathan I think has a few but I really want to know what was it like embodying Nancy when you were in Never Sleep Again? Tell me about that experience.
2: I remember being terrified because I had cosplayed her all these years and I could do pictures but I'd, I'd never really done video acting as her and I was so scared. That I was going to not embody Nancy on screen. I was afraid that people would be like, Man, I expected so much from Deandra. I expected her to know Nancy, but it turns out she doesn't actually know Nancy at all. And that was such a, a daunting thing for me to think that people could potentially feel that way because Nancy meant so much to me that I just. I did not want that to happen. Cause that would be like one of my greatest fears, basically people telling me that I don't know Nancy at all because I felt so attached to her. And, um, then when we were doing the movies. I don't know. I just, I, I tried to embody some of Heather's character, but also do my own spin on Nancy because it was extremely Nancy focused and it was a little more of a drama than straight horror. Um, so I was still, I, yeah, I was just terrified the whole time. I really thought everything through and was anxious making the movie, but it was, it was really cool to say that I've been able to do that and to have people tell me now that they watch basically part one, then they go to don't fall asleep. And then they watch part three. And I was like, Oh my God, that 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 makes me so happy because that whole thing was just a love letter from a bunch of Nancy fans to to the world um and i yeah i'm i'm really glad that people never told me that i didn't know Nancy Thompson at all at least that i know of um but yeah that was it was really stressful because i was just terrified that they were going to tell me that i'm not actually a Nancy fan even though i know i am but yeah, lots of pressure.
0: I would have that same fear too. So I can I can hear you there, but um, no, you did a, an amazing job, and I've shown my friends, and it's just, it is really good. You, you guys did such a good job.
2: That so, means a lot coming from um, you because of how well you know Nancy and how much you love Nancy. So thank you.
0: <laughs> I'll let Jonathan chirp in on his last few. Well.
3: Right now, currently, one of my favorites documentaries, and I guess it would be due to all of our, I guess, best word is fandom of the series, is currently Never Sleep Again. So, how well did you think they put Tommy Hudson and those guys put this together, Deandra?
2: I thought they did a really good job of squeezing a lot of information into... The space that they did, and then having the extra section, um, the extra disc with all the special features on it, I thought it. I mean, I enjoyed every minute of it. I don't know. I mean, there are a couple people I would have loved to have seen, but I, I learned so much from the documentary, and I go back to it constantly. So I think they did a really good job. Do you? Do you think they did a good job, or what do you think is missing?
3: Other than two notables get them to participate but it didn't work out I thought they did a wonderful job now I do think they are going to be there's going to be a fan documentary coming out uh, called Fredheads, done by your partner in crime from Elm Street Radio what are your thoughts on that particular project but before you go there I know when it comes to never sleep again. And I know I'm going to get a text from this. It's bound to happen. From this particular person. And you know her quite well as well. Toy Newkirk. When she she was telling me. When, she, when we had our chat and post. That she didn't realize. They were going as extensive. With this documentary. And didn't realize it was totally. A, what they did. She was thinking it was just another interview and all that fun stuff. But until I sent her the thing to say, it was like, wow. You know, holy and I know I'm going to get a text when she hears that I said this kind of thing. Anyway, what are your thoughts on Fred Head's whatnot?
2: It's, um, I don't really, I mean, there are some, some fan documentaries out there about the horror genre as a whole, but... I remember when we were just kind of all sitting down talking about, you know, there's never really been anything for a nightmare on Elm street. Like what if we basically told the story of the fan culture and it's amazing how over the years it's evolved because even during editing it's evolved and um, it's, it's, I'm so excited for everybody to see it. I saw the first cut. I know that Paige has since cut down probably an hour from that, uh, maybe even more. Um, but it was a very emotional ride to see everybody's stories, to hear how this movie has impacted them, to see where things are similar, to see where things are different. Um, and and then to show that a horror movie or franchise. Has the potential to be so extremely cathartic and life changing because, like we were talking about earlier, you know, not everybody recognizes this element of horror. People look at it and they're like, people dying in boobs. Like, I go and I watch that, I'm like, meh, what else is there? But there's so much. There are people analyzing every little element, there is so much symbolism. There's so much that people take away from it of looking at somebody like Nancy battling Freddie and saying, you know, that's me standing up to my dad who was not a nice person. And taking that and it changing their life and seeing what they did, whether they were in the movie and they were like, I'm excited to be in a movie. Nightmare on Elm Street's pretty huge, but still doing this all these years later or saying, You know, I cosplayed as Nancy Thompson and now I have a career because of uh, what I learned while doing that. And I live in a different city because of Nancy Thompson or uh, making their way through school with bullies because they had Nancy to guide them or just, you know, looking at um, the impact that these films have had on people over the years. And despite them being made in the eighties people are still showing their kids. There's new fans popping up all the time. It's just a really good look into what people will do with their fandom, how far they'll travel to meet Robert England. And it just shows how important fandom is in people's lives, how much it means to them. And I like to think that this is the kind of documentary when you say you're in a Nightmare on Elm Street fan you, and your parents go, what? or your friends go, what? You'd sit them down, you'd show them this, and you'd be like, this, this is our fandom, but this is why horror is important. This, these are the kinds of people who are impacted. This is why it matters. And then somebody might watch it and go, okay, I understand now the power that things like this wield and that uh, this is how people are reacting to this. And this is, you know, something about horror that I never knew was possible. I mean, I've still had people, when I tell them I'm a horror fan and I go to horror cons, they go, there's a whole community. I was like, dude, no idea. And I I like to think that it would be a look deep into this fandom that, um, you know, people know who Freddy is. He's like Santa Claus, right, Elena?
0: <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started. Like, I'm in, um, I kind of technically moved out. To, technically, I'm in my friend's house at Lockray, it's the countryside in Galway. And I've brought nearly all my DVDs. And it just so happens that this one is right beside me. And it's signed by Heather and Amanda. And we've already binged it all. So <laughs> it's like, yes, um, I didn't say all the lines to New Nightmare this time. <laughs>
2: We know that's
3: a lie. Yeah. Actually, I was just thinking about this as we, uh, because over on my other shelf here is the Scream Factory DVD set of the Friday the 13th series that just came out last year during the pandemic. Do you think uh, Scream or Shout Factories will do something with Nightmare?
2: I hope so. Um, i I feel like there's potential now that the Craven estate basically bought the rights to A Nightmare on Elm Street and was like, all right, everybody hit me with your stuff. Like, I'm really hoping that something will will develop from that because I feel like, (laughs) honestly, that every other horror franchise has been getting something. But not us, not a neighbor in Elm Street fans. We're over here like, hey, we haven't really had anything since like 2010. And then we got a book that was, uh, you know, accompanying the documentary that came out. That's great. But like still not really anything. We don't got we don't got no video games. We don't have any like movies coming out or TV shows. We don't have anything.
3: Well, neither is Friday the 13th, but we won't go there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Friday the 13th, I mean, they've had their issues, but they still have the game, and they still have, you know, they still have some other stuff going on. But um, even there's, like, been some pretty big fan films. I mean, A Nightmare on Elm Street has had some, some pretty notable fan films. Uh, but I still feel like they're, they're older. They're not newer. They're not the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I could be missing out on something else.
3: 13 fanboy, uh, Deborah Voorhees is a uh, thing coming out in August.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of really big. I just came across another Friday the 13th fan film the other day. I can't remember what it was called, but they constantly have stuff going on. I mean, Halloween, we all know, uh, uh, child's play i mean just to, just a bunch of this stuff they're getting they're getting a lot meanwhile we have one of the most notable horror characters out there according to some polls he is the most notable but you know we will not get into that. <laughs> and there's just not really been anything else that's happened and i just am hopeful i think things will happen i think there will be box sets um but it just depends i i'm mean, there hasn't been anything for a while, which is concerning, but I have my, I have high hopes that there well, will be.
3: Well, it's funny that, and you, we brought, brought up Robert's name and I've been fortunate enough to be able to talk to him privately, but also a few times associate with the show. And you hit it on the head a couple of minutes ago about it being a generational thing. And I know he said publicly, privately, not only to me, but at conventions, cues, and in all forms. He's like, I can't believe that this character was such has made such an impact generationally.
2: It's amazing when you think about Bob Shea basically doing this out of his trunk, Wes Craven not getting anybody to pick up the script, and you know, the the low budget having to pay people out of pocket and then it develops into this cultural thing. So many years later, so big, like such a staple of cinematic history, not just horror, but just cinema in general. It's amazing that it's come to this, amazing.
3: And it's, due to a lot of people's hard work. But, Elena, you wanted to bring something up again about Once sure, Upon a yeah. Time? yeah. I'm
0: just going to try and, like, rattle them off the bat because I have, like, three or four because I know DeAndre's pushed for time. So um, I'm going to say, speaking of another fandom, uh, Deandra, I want to know, what was it like when you saw Once Upon a Time for the first time and you realized going, oh, my God, I kind of... Actually, not kind of. I really look like Lana Perea. And then can you tell me... Um, when you met her for the first time, did she have any similar reaction?
2: I The first time I watched Once Upon a Time, I it didn't really occur to me because my hair was different. It was long and I think it was red at the time. I don't even know how I really got, somebody told me that I needed to watch Once Upon a Time. And then I posted some kind of picture and I can't remember who it was, but they're like, do you, you actually like resemble this Regina person? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And then I just watched the TV show and I started to see it more. And then I thought, you know what, what the heck, I'm gonna cut off my hair. And that's when I really got it. And um, I said, okay, so I'm going to Disney. I'm graduating from college. I'm gonna be a part of the Disney college program now that I graduated and Lana's gonna be at Spooky Empire at her first convention. And oh, by the way, Heather Langenkamp and Robert are also gonna be there. I've never met Robert before. This is incredible. Also Pat Carroll who plays Ursula. It's like all these people that I love are gonna be at this convention. I have to go. So I decided to put together a costume. And when I got into it, I was like, okay, okay. And I remember getting money out of an ATM when I was down there. I was actually standing next to Paige and then I turned around and looked at this girl behind me and she was like, and I said, oh shit. And that was only the beginning of all the wild reactions that I had at the convention. And I remember my heart pounding, getting ready to see Lana. And I came around the corner and she had on leopard pumps and jeans and a black shirt with like, it was like cut off. on her upper arm and then like showed her shoulders and we everything just goes so fast with the photo opportunities and I remember looking to the side her looking to the side and then looking at me and she was so excited and she goes oh my god hello Regina and I was like and i didn't i don't even remember like much after that i don't i remember trying to think what should i do i'm in shock how should i smile and then i just kind of walked away and she was talking to me and i don't even remember like what she said and um (laughs) but i remember her co-stars telling me that i should audition to be her double i was like this is like wild to me and then um just in 2019 going to a convention again and dressing as Ronnie which was the alternate version in season seven and having similar reactions from fans and the people there and then having Lana see me and go and Sean McGuire like oh my gosh and she's like I know right and then her telling me that Rebecca Mater, Zelina sent her my photos that I posted on Twitter I was like ah, ah, ah. and then <laughs> but it wasn't she didn't say it outright until I got the comment from her, the comment from her on Instagram, on my photo. And she was like, you look more like me than I look like myself. Yeah. And I was like, what the? <laughs> this is like five months later from this moment. How did you find this picture? And that, that, that was just so, that was so cool to me. And I, I love Regina. Um, after Nancy, she is a, a favorite character I love her arc. I love her story, and I also identify a lot with her, just about dealing with love, um, and deciding, you know, just 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 about love, wanting to be loved, wanting um, to to find it, and then in in yourself. Um, and it, it was just, I just really love the character, and to be able to have people see that resemblance, hype. Honestly, Lana Perea is so beautiful. <laughs> and I have, like, a major, like, total crush on her. Which, I don't know if that technically makes me bisexual because I have a couple women, but, like, Lana. Like, if she if she was, like, can we... I'd be, like, mm, yes, ma'am. That <laughs> 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 so makes me feel real attractive. But does that make
0: feel weird, though? Because you people, like, look like each other. It's, like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean,
2: would feel... I don't know. I, I don't even know if I, because th- you know, like when you exist in the world, you don't always like think about what you look like. You just.
0: But that's kind of funny, though, when you think about it, because who is it who said that when you, you get into a couple that you start to resemble each other or you're attracted to someone who kind of has the same features as you? So actually, maybe it's perfect. You're destined to be with it. <laughs> Elena, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> but uh, yes, what I was going to say, my experience is kind of like that too, but obviously I don't look like her. But when I was queuing up for the photo op, I was so nervous and I was like trying to fix my hair like this in the mirror. And the one who was like running the photo ops was like, it's like, don't even bother. Like you can't look pretty next to Lana Priya. <laughs> there's no point in trying.
2: <laughs> it's like, it's like... Just I don't- <laughs> I them to kiss my ass.
0: Are you serious? Yeah, I was in Blackpool in England. There were like really like rushing people. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Oh my God, does my hair look okay? And then she's like, it's like, don't even try.
2: Like you can't look good. Extra. She is like, <laughs> yeah. like when you look at pictures of her, you're like, wow, she's beautiful. But then I like, so I saw her for the second time since 2014 in 2019 in May before I went to the other mm-hmm. convention. And she came out and I was like, damn, like you you look like you're beautiful, but like you see you in person and it's a whole other level of like her skin is so glowing. I mean, you know, she's a star. She's got to do all these skin routines, but like you see her in person and it's just pictures don't even do it justice. So beautiful. yeah, I can contest there, like, to
0: that too. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's really beautiful in real yeah. life. But yes, anyway, keeping on that note for a minute, I did have one more question because we know that you branched out and you didn't just play Nancy, you played the evil queen. And I want to know what that experience was like.
2: Also terrifying. Um, <laughs> because I know that she has this rabid fan base. Sorry, everybody listening who might be a fan, she does. And they are so critical, so critical, more than anybody else I've ever met. And they're so passionate about her. And I really, when I, when Chris, was like, from Blink- Blinky, was like, what kind of fan film should I do? And I was like, I'm a Once Upon a Time fan film because I haven't actually seen them. And he was like, okay. And then I flew out to LA and we made it. And I put so much thought into the costume and everything and helped him work on the script. And I just, I was terrified because I knew what her fans were like, but also in the similar way to Nancy, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to to have people know that I loved Regina and that I understood Regina and that I could pull it off because people had said so many things about me in costume with the pictures that now's the time when you, and with pictures, you can have like different angles. You don't have to talk. Now I have to have the voice. Now I have to have the mannerisms, all this stuff. I was so nervous when we were filming the one scene when I'm talking about Long Beach, it took us forever because I kept forgetting my lines because I was so nervous. Um, but it was, it was well, it was well worth it. Hopefully in the end, I, I love the movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, I love that it's horror mixed with the fantasy of once upon a time. There are some things I look back at when I watch it and I go, oh, I could have done this a little differently, but I was just, so uptight and nervous when we got into it that I was trying so hard um but a lot of people seem to enjoy it which makes me happy and uh yeah I would love to have an opportunity to do something with Regina again because that character is just so much fun and of course she's so popular that I mean I have my TikToks I guess that technically counts um but just, just to be able to create that fantasy world. Cause I love fan films. I love cosplay. I love when fans embody something that they care about and and just create this entertainment. Cause now that once upon a Time's over, it's like, we're the nightmare on Elm street. Now that it's all over, I mean, it might not be over for a nightmare on Elm street, knock on wood, (laughs) but you know, now that the TV, Hey, now that, now that the TV show is over, like you want more content, and so it's, it's really exciting for people to be able to create that content. So if I had another opportunity, I would love to. I actually wanted to do a stage show um, of the, the musical episode and um, raise money for like children's hospitals.
0: Well, you so totally that. should, because you can sing.
2: <laughs> I, I haven't tried to sing that song yet, but I would love to, I would love to do that because I, I, I would love to entertain somebody in person um and to see their reactions and interact with the crowd because there's nothing like that but at the same time um just really want to do something to bring joy to kids who are dealing with some medical issues and um just just bring some magic into their life um and, and help to raise money for that that would be so much fun but i have <laughs> i've started work on a script version of it i just haven't followed through yet since the pandemic started so it's
0: funny you mentioned that because i totally was gonna like throw spitball ideas at you because i've done a lot of theater um musical theater but like no one has done like have they done like Freddy the musical or like jaws the musical like we should like totally like take that on board
2: we should totally do like a nightmare on elm street the musical there actually was one um i don't know how long ago it was quite a bit ago I remember coming across some some bits and pieces of it online somewhere, um, but somebody did some kind of play or musical version of A Nightmare on Elm Street I can't even remember. Um, but I just think that that would be so much fun to do you that. Even like a shadow cast yeah. of A Nightmare on Elm Street where you act in front of the movie. I think that that would be pretty fun.
0: Have you seen a very Potter musical? Yes. Yeah, like that's the vibe I was like going for. Oh <laughs> just
2: yeah. like, just... oh for sure, that'd be
0: fun. Um, But yes, I know you're pushed for time. So the last question I had, I don't really know how to phrase it, but I'm gonna just try and phrase it anyway. But, um, so up to current stuff, uh, what has being an an influencer highlighted about yourself? Do you think the real Deandra outside the characters that you've played has learned anything different than the actual, than, you know, than playing characters? What's it like to actually be you now?
2: Man, Elena, <laughs> I I did spend a lot of time uh, trying to embody other people because I didn't feel, I always was the person that was left out. People didn't ask me to dance. They asked my friends to dance. Somebody did like a pity ask and I told people and he was like, I guess we're not going to dance anymore. And I just always felt like the odd person out. And so I thought if I embodied people that I like and they have characteristics mm-hmm. that I want, but also that people already like them for who they are, then people will like me too. And it worked out. And when I started transitioning from Nancy into Regina, I was like, are people still gonna like me or am I gonna lose all those people? And now that I've kind of reached a point where I'm just like more me, I don't care as much. I know people will kind of you know, go their own way but I, I, I find value in myself and I, I, just, I think it's become a lot more, a lot less about the characters and sharing information about the characters and a lot about, you know, lef- life lessons learning, you know, um, you know, you you only have one life to live, you know, be true to yourself. Don't listen to anybody else there. Don't, don't put somebody's dreams down. Don't Uh, tell them what they should and they shouldn't do, don't take life too seriously, just a lot of that stuff. It's become less about talking about a character, and more just trying to share what I've learned through everything that I've done about life with others, in the hopes that they will uh, learn from it, and just be able to find happiness in being who they really are. Um, That's, I think that that's been the big thing.
0: Well, I, th- I really like seeing your live videos like whenever I see you go live on Instagram I'm like one of the first to like click on it because I really like when you're being your authentic self and I'm like what is she going to say today oh I feel so empowered. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was my last question so unless Jonathan has anything else he wants to add in.
3: I do want to but it's off topic of horror and I noticed this was off of uh, her social media Instagram and such lately. How did you make out with the old school roller skates? And I hope you hit them with a high. <laughs>
2: um. So I have wanted to roller skate since I was in college. I don't remember what I watched when I saw roller derby. It was like, I wanted to do roller derby. I thought it was Fuzzly so <laughs> cool. I really wanted, yeah, I really wanted to do it. I thought the girls were tough. I loved that they had these like, pseudonyms. I never actually ended up doing it because I was too busy doing some of my other school stuff and some uh, acapella, which is what I mostly did in college and uh, horror stuff. So I, I was very busy. And I, um, a couple years ago, one of my previous, she was a boss to me when I did an internship. She got a pair of moxie roller skates. She lives in California, like it's so California. And I said, those are pretty cool. I haven't roller skated in a while, but it was a fun part of my childhood, like listening to like Eiffel 65, so I'm blue and roller skating and eating pizza. Like that is such, it's such a nostalgic thing for me. I thought, you know, I'd love to get back into it. And she would always be posting videos of her going on the beach and roller skating. I thought, you know what? I really want to, I really want to do that. And then I decided to save up money because the Moxie skates were not that cheap. I'm actually looking at them right now. And, um, before the pandemic there had been a couple of like parties, I guess, um, at a local roller rink here where they did some theme nights. They did a disco night and they did another night and I was just wearing the roller skates then and they were really digging into my feet. And I thought, this is so uncomfortable. I just need to get my own skates, but I don't want to cheap out because I want to like really be great at roller skating. And then the pandemic hit and then everybody on TikTok was like, roller skates and everybody's like oh yeah roller skates and it became really popular and i ordered my skates right at that time everybody else ordered their skates and it took a really long time for me to get them and now everybody's super into skating but i finally had a chance to break them in and i uh i just i love them i had to go with the red cuz red's my favorite color i had to get leopard skates because that is a huge part of my personality i'm actually also pig bundy and uh i'm not a huge fan of pink but i wanted skates that could go inside for a roller rink and then outside as well if i was to go to a skate park i want to be like that person like helmet like all shoulder pads be like what's up dude um and so i wanted to get both of those so i wouldn't have to change out the wheels because i'm not gonna chance it like i'm gonna mess something up um but yeah so that that is how i got these these skates and i love them and um, I'm doing a little like vintage Valentine's Day photo shoot over the weekend. And the photographer was like, bring the skates. And I said, I'm bringing the skates. <laughs> but well, I love them. I love this... it. It's so retro. It's so retro, which I love.
3: Well, once this pandemic's over, if we can get her on the outdoor rink, there's this pretty cool rink in South Philly I'd want to show her if we could get her to the area.
2: So you can so. watch me fall a lot.
3: It won't be videoed. Don't worry.
2: It's going to be videoed. Are you kidding me? That stuff. All right,
3: cool. then we will.
2: It'd be like, bring the mouth guard. I'd be like, bam. It'd just be <laughs> me going like this back and forth and then like, bam. We'll be make a it montage, a TikTok like, video. Yeah. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs>
0: I don't think we <laughs> have, have any following- rings. I don't think we actually have any rings here, as far as I know. Well, like where I am. You based. have
2: a lot of like knolls and hills, right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, we have stuff. like
0: leprechauns and banshees and like yeah. you know, castles. And-
2: you just have yeah. some little guy in a corner be like, hi. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: exactly what we have.
2: That's not true at all. Warwick <laughs>
3: Davis <laughs> hanging out in a corner, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Warwick-, Warwick Davis actually lives here. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you're all talking about the roller derby stuff and i'm getting jealous the only thing i remember is um elliot page um had that film whip it
2: whip it that was a that was a big part of it as well whip it
0: okay so i have the right thing in my head that's what it is okay right cool (laughs) nice oh good well i think that's uh
2: that's a wrap
3: uh thank you very much for the time we've gone a little over an hour here and it doesn't feel like it
2: i know it's crazy how fast time goes
3: well yep, Deandra, yeah. thank you so much
2: thank you guys i really appreciate your your time and you wanted me to come on and elena's wonderful introduction Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith.
1: WOW! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. <coughs> now that's what I call depressing. Is gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope want to jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting, now that's what I call depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars. Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Sailblack 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. ...with cheeks wide open...
0: <laughs>
1: who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. ...those that'd rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon, farthing in the USA. For those who place their order, by calling, or ordering online, The next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in the full tub, or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS.
0: Ah, ah, ah.
3: A.K.A. Robert England And you're listening to Crazy Train Radio Don't take a nap